Welcome to the Blueprint Pros Podcast, where we support women business owners, minority business owners, small business owners, in preparing to land contracts with the largest companies in the world, the supply chain known as the Fortune 500, which is $37 trillion in annual spend or more. And we are excited today to have with us Ms. Jessica Lewis. Hi, Jess. How are you? Oh, good. How are you, Randall? So, so excited and blessed to be here with you today. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I am so glad you are here. I want everyone to know <clears throat> a little bit about how Jess and I came to meet. We were in a, um, we are actually in a global mastermind. Both of us said um, there's got to be a way to, to uh, make an impact on a broader scale. And uh, we found this community that we both really love. And it's amazing. It's making an amazing difference for and our ability to help you, our listeners. We've got some exciting things we're both going to be bringing through, uh, bringing to you coming up real soon here. But we uh, had a chance to get into a breakout room and we both kind of just looked at each other. It's like, there's something special about her. There's something special about him. So we connected afterwards and it turns out we were right. <laughs> yes. And so we have just been doing a whole host of things. We've been um, in uh, clubhouse rooms together. We are working with uh, some clients together. We're doing some great things. And one of the things that uh, came up because, you, you know, Jess may actually keep this a secret, but she is a woman of many, many, many different skills and traits. And it's like, there's so much she brings to the table when you just sit back and talk to her and you let that genius come out. And so we were talking about this particular topic. And I said, Jess, would you do a podcast with me? People need to know this. And she said, yes. So Jess, Welcome. Why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, let, let my uh, let my folks get to know who you are. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. And yes, I always love telling Randall that when we connect, it's like I feel so understood and heard and known and seen. Um, just amazing partnership we've we've built um, over time and in a very short amount of time, which is awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, so hi everybody. I'm Jess Lewis, um, a solution sales expert and coach consultant, helping organizations, what I call get off the revenue roller coaster and onto the fast track to sustainable double digit growth. So I spent about 15 years as a corporate sales executive managing and engaging multi-million dollar deals with companies like Amazon and Google. Um, I consider myself a master negotiator and mediator um, starting at the age of six, uh, both my parents and navigating a very high conflict divorce uh, that lasted two decades, still the longest in my county's history. And then also having one myself. So the topic of narcissism has been one that I've meandered and understood and studied and researched and read a lot about, and then applied that to how in both my personal and professional life, I've seen it. So I, I would consider myself to be an advocate and a mentor for those who have dealt with that really sort of unhealthy narcissistic uh, behavior, whether it's in life or work. And I use the term narcissism very loosely, right? So there is obviously mental health professionals that they're the experts in diagnosing, diagnosing narcissistic personality disorder. 
But if you look bigger on the realm of things, uh, many say we're sort of in an era of, of an epidemic of narcissism, um, you know, very self-centered behavior, whether it's in personal or professional life. And how to navigate that is something I'm very passionate in helping my clients um, through situations, whether it's in their personal life or in a work front, whether it's coworkers, um, bosses, and in particularly dealing with clients when they see a very difficult behavior and it's really not in a win-win sort of situation and navigating and mediating through those. So yes, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. And you said that you um, had a corporate background. So uh, share with us a little bit about your corporate background. Cause I know you, you uh, got to the top of the pyramid and 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 you now have your your own coaching business. So walk, walk us through uh, walk us through that quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, very very fortunate. I spent 15 years in uh, human resource management solutions, so staffing and, and everything sort of human resource related. Um, and I was known over time to be able to sell really big deals to really big companies. Um, you know, it's very difficult to crack the you know corporate Fortune 500, and there it takes. A lot amount of preparation and strategy, which Randall, I know that you do in your great and skills. Work. Yep. <laughs> and skills and preparing, especially for the small, mid-sized, you know, companies to understand the ecosystem um, within a very large corporate environment. And so I spent many years doing that and partnering with Fortune 500s. And it takes time, it takes effort, it takes knowing multiple buying influencers and really, you know, asking yourself what's in it for the customer and putting them first. So um, was really fortunate to, to, at a very, you know, sort of young age in my career, just to have that, um, you know, just continue to grow and blossom and then ended up uh, managing teams and, you know, a lot of other things. And I had a change in, in career uh, 12 years with my previous employer when I went through a high conflict divorce and I could no longer travel. And um, at that stage, I was also really going through personal changes. So recognizing healthy or unhealthy behavior and how over time I had been molded even from my childhood to be very, you know, perfectionistic and people pleasing and really a lack of boundaries. Right. And so, um, I mean, I think it's interesting because I know we've talked about, you know, narcissism in the workplace, what we're talking about today. And when I've really discovered and recognized it was, you know, people say how you do one thing, you do everything. And that really reigned true for me because as I was working on building boundaries, saying no to toxic behavior in my personal life, I had to evaluate and see how that was showing up in my professional life and facing those fears of conflict and standing my ground to knowing what are my responsibilities to my employer or to myself um, in business and, and what is not, right? And recognizing, ooh, I think I'm being manipulated here or I'm not, you know, there's no transparent and, you know, trustworthy behavior is not really being exemplified. And how do I deal with that moving forward? So that's a little bit about my background, I think, in, in the workplace and narcissism. We could talk more about that too. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, that's actually rather, rather powerful. Um, now, we were talking previously because I was trying to get prepared for this. And it's like, you know, what what do I understand about narcissism. I, I, I've heard it. it. You know, I don't know if it technically qualifies as one of the four letter words, because it's like, I don't know that I'd appreciate somebody calling me a narcissist or exhibiting narcissistic behavior. But you and I were 
talking about this earlier, and and I, and I like for you to share with me your your thinking of, um, about um, narcissism in a, in a spectrum because I, I thought that was that was very revealing. So why, why don't you uh, give us a uh, a definition that we can work with or an understanding we can work with for, for the purposes of our session together here and for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would do a call out to Craig Malkin in his book, Rethinking Narcissism, breaks it down really, really well to show you narcissism is on a spectrum and we need healthy narcissism, right? Confidence and individualism and self-regard and desire to lead an ambition, um, you know, in, in a sense of self-esteem and self-worth in us is very important as individuals. On the flip side of that unhealthy narcissism or destructive behavior is when you have arrogance and entitlement that come up and a true lack of empathy. And these individuals really tend towards uh, interpersonal exploitation and manipulation as they navigate the world versus very open and honest communication that, you know, transparent that builds trust over time. So if you think about it in that way, you know, and we can all change. So if you go back to the original definition of narcissism and Ovid's metamorphosis, um, and I'm sure many of the listeners have heard before the story of Narcisse and Echo, right? Narcisse looks at the river and his his reflection and he falls in love with himself. So it's this this point of delusional self-love that creates, you know, the arrogance and so forth versus Echo, who has a very lack of self-love. But if you consider both of them are on that unhealthy spectrum and it's, it's, you know, that delicate balance of having that healthy narcissism and, and really navigating the world that way and holding your boundaries and saying no to people that are trying to take from you um, is very important in the process to, to, I think, the whole spectrum of it, if that makes sense. But that does, and I'm, I don't know why I'm, I'm reminded, ho- hopefully everyone listening will stick with me, but for all the Star Trek fans, this reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, the, uh, the, the original Star Trek with uh, William Shatner, where Captain Kirk, uh, it was the episode called The Enemy Within, where the, 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 this, the mechanical device that they used to go from place to place split him, his personality in half. <laughs> One half <clears throat> was just pure ego. Uh, that allowed him to be a great captain and a great leader and, and, and solve problems and get people to follow him. And the other half was the, the meek, mild-mannered, empathetic one that couldn't make a decision and, and was just a, a sheer follower. And the, the episode concludes with Kirk understanding that he needed to have both. <laughs> yes. I love that. It's a, it's a perfect example, right? Perfect, perfect example. Well, and I love what you what you said when you talk about this being in a spectrum, because it's what's the balance? Mm-hmm. You, you know, where do you fall on the spectrum first and foremost? Um, and I don't know if you know when you were talking about your story and being an overachiever and and people pleasing and all these other kinds of things. Um, that was kind of learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much when it comes to narcissism is innate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love your, your analogy uh, about looking in the mirror. I mean, looking in the water and, and, and loving yourself and so forth. So part of me kind of says, you know, there's some element in this spectrum that, that links to who we are, mm-hmm. but there's another aspect of it that uh, speaks to what we've had to learn to cope 
yes. in society? Which, which behaviors have been rewarded via promotions or more sales versus <clears throat> which ones have been rewarded in being a, 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 a great parent or, or, or supportive spouse? It's, it's, it's like, it's, do you even get into that when you start thinking about this in the, in the workplace at all? Yeah, it's sort of scary because if you look at the number one title of narcissists in this world, they're the CEOs, right? So, um, and I've met some pretty bad, you know, CEOs that will do the manipulate, you know, that sort of destructive behavior. And I've met CEOs who are not that way at all. Great leaders. Um, a woman I worked with for 12 years, she, an amazing leader, right? You have to make the tough decisions for the business and also the individuals, but when you do it from from a place that's not for self gain or um, you know that's manipulative and destructive to the individuals and the team members, um, you know I think is where that delicate balance is. And, and I loved your question. It's you know what is innate versus not. And so if you really peel back, um, I would say it's it's ninety nine percent not innate. And when you and when I say innate, like you're born a narcissist. That's a psychopath. Yes. I mean, they've done brain function studies that a psychopath really is born that way, but everybody else, right. It's, it's, it's the tendencies, the adaptations that they've made in growing up based on any type of wounds that they've had. Right. And it's really linked at the base of it of fear. So if there is a fear of abandonment or if there was loss or trauma in childhood and it's molded, you know, the personality in a certain way, and often they say a, a narcissist or narcissist, they're stuck in some stage of development of childhood. And so the ones that are quite grandiose and, um, you know, verbose and, you know, that sort of thing, they have temper tantrums, right? They're sort of like five-year-olds. And you have some that are like teenagers, right? They're stuck in that, you know, sort of all about me and they manipulate, you know, how they look or what they do and how they say, right? It, it's part of heavy, you know evolution, you have to go through the narcissism stage. And Freud sort of talks about this, you know, on the, the bigger psychological perspective, but you go in and out of it, right. As you grow and you evolve as a human being. And so I think we're all capable of doing it. And I will say, I know that we are right. An unpopular opinion is that narcissists don't ever change. And I will say it's not true because I've seen it firsthand. Wow. Um, it often takes having to hit rock bottom in a couple areas in their life to make them wake up to recognize they, they need to change um, and grow. And it, it's possible, right? I think in that regard. Um, and it, it sometimes takes walking away from situations, employers and so forth um, for them to, you know, you can't change people, but you got to put yourself first and your um, happiness and your safety and all of that. And, you know, you got to leave God to do his work, <laughs> you know, in, in helping others because, if you're over here trying to change somebody, some, you know, codependent behavior or manipulate somebody, you know, or, or you're sort of people pleasing, you've got to recognize that that's really unhealthy because you're trying to control how others see you or react with you rather than just being your authentic full self. And sometimes that takes going back and recognizing some of the roots of where this just sort of not good, good sort of healthy behavior has, has been formed and letting that go and that fear go over time. So, you know, you 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 said something that um, really struck me because I think there's two pieces to it. One piece is what does it mean to be your authentic, you know, self? And then you have the other piece, which is 
recognizing that people change, how to become the best version of yourself. Yes, I love that. <laughs> you, you got two different dynamics because if your authentic self is a summation of a whole host of bad behaviors, you you might be very authentic in your destruction. <laughs> true. So true. But do you ever really feel good about that at the but end? Do of you the ever day? really feel? Yep. And, 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 uh, you know, for me, this is just my two cents worth to come back and just say, I'm just being me (laughs) that, that, that's not helpful, (laughs) but, but it's like, okay, you're just being you. And this is energy I need not have in my sphere of influence. (laughs) Absolutely. And if they were really real with themselves and being authentic, they'd recognize that every time that they do that type of behavior is actually out of line with their being, right? We are created as beings of love, not hate and fear. And there's a level of shame that they feel. I know it, right? I've talked to many around whatever that is, you know, that, that, that shame for however they've been or the past that in order to navigate the world, you know, They'd rather just stuff that and then they use these maladaptive behaviors, right? And that even with the victims, right? We talked a little bit about that when you, you, well, I'm just this way because of X, Y, Z. That's somebody stayed in a victim mentality is just as destructive as a narcissist, in my opinion, because they're not willing to move forward, grow, right? And, and M. Scott Peck in his book, uh, The Road Less Traveled, as well as People of the Lie, really talk about this as, as sort of a, the types of people who are the chronic scapegoaters, right? Rather than look within them in their own badness or where they feel that shame, they project it out into the world. Um, so they feel they have more control. And that's, a, I think, a good way, if that makes sense, to look at um, what's happening. Because in any dynamic, there's me, there's you, and there's this you know mutual relationship or whatever it's been, you know, carved together. So that can be interpersonal and it can obviously work relationships too. And it's navigating in a healthy way. That's so critical. But if you haven't learned and practiced and understood what is healthy communication, what is vulnerability? What, what am I really feeling? Right. And so in my, my book, I'm releasing here soon, and and I'll give you um, that information, seven ways to negotiate with the narcissist. I say, step number one, you could even call it zero is to know thyself know what are your triggers, what are your vulnerabilities, and how you sort of show up in this world. And when you get triggered, right, and I use that lightly, because a lot of people like, oh, that's sort of, you know, psych babble. Um, but but it's, it's those moments when you have intense feelings where you're reacting, that you can no longer relate, it's time to take a step back, take a breath, and really evaluate yourself and what's going on in that dynamic, in order to understand Am I relating right now from something in my past and sort of overreacting or is my reaction right now in self-protection and safety for me? Because my body is telling me uh, this is a threat. This person, this situation is a threat to you um, and your sense of well-being. So, yeah. Wow. We're we're, we're going to begin the process of, of wrapping up because uh, for, for you, those, you, you probably figured out Jess and the Jess and Randall show could go on for a while. <laughs> we, we get into these conversations and it's like, well, what, and, and it's, 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 it, it's just like a personal discovery because uh, she, she knows so much and she's naturally curious. And, and I, 
I, I've, I've studied a whole host of things and I'm naturally curious. So we kind of just get into everything to try to make sure we understand it. Um, I want I want to circle back a little bit, Jess, on um, let, let's let's see if we can cover two different areas just just to bring this home to to our listeners. So the first thing is, if you are a business owner, and I'll leave it up to you if you want to talk about whether or not you are uh, a woman business owner, um, uh, a person of color, just a business owner in general, I'll defer to you on that one based on your your experience in working with people. Uh, but uh, I want to I want to look at it from, you, you know, what does narcissism uh, look like, and what do you need to be self-aware of when you are trying to engage the Fortune 500. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one bucket, okay? And then the second bucket I want to start thinking about is what does it mean for you as a leader in relating to your employees? And after we make it through those two buckets, we'll, we'll probably start trying to trying to give uh, wrap it up by giving folks some, some tips and suggestions on mm-hmm. um, uh, different things that they can do and and then close out. But I want to, I want to make sure we, 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 we've captivated so folks so long now, let, let's, let's bring it home. It's like, now we're talking to you. You, you got the framework, you got the understanding. Now, if you are on this podcast, trying to get the fortune 500s, uh, recognizing the, the two situations you have trying to sell and trying to lead, let, let, let's, 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 let's bring it home for them, Jess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the most important thing, especially in trying to sell to Fortune 500s and corporate contracts, we often get really excited right at that possibility. And many businesses would be willing to sign up for um, contract terms, for instance. I know we've talked about this and do in our clubhouse rooms um, that really aren't in the best interest of your business and nor you, or you're being asked to deliver um, things that are sort of outside of the scope or more than that was um, you know, originally presented. And it's, it's moments like those that are make it or break it that prepare yourself for, know your position and push back. You have to be willing to, to unattach in that way to really stand your ground and, and think about what is appropriate for the relationship I'm about to sign up with. And I, and I help clients to think through, you know, often you've got a blank agreement. If you've made it that far, you're excited and they're giving you their best standard terms. You know you're going to be going through a negotiation. And during that negotiation, I think it's important to learn to spot the ploys, right, that sort of indicate deception. So you're going to know and sort of feel it as you communicate and you ask those questions and you, and you really try to understand where they're coming from, that level of, you know, uncomfortable. And if you're, you're being forced to be locked into a position from the other side, or if you get a sense that, you know, you got two people in, in, you know, from the, the company and they're sort of playing the good guy, bad guy thing, right? That's always an indicator to me that they're being untrustworthy, right? They're not being transparent. And so, you know, I think at that point, a tactic is to, um, you know, take a step back and, you know, don't be swayed by teaching a lesson, right? If you get to that point and you're able to have that to come up in conversation, hey, I see here, you're blah, 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 right? Just, just sort of sit with that a little bit and and figure out an, an, an opportunity to renegotiate the rule the rules of the game in that in that negotiation process. And always be willing to hold to what your business 
um, needs and is good for because it won't be sustainable. Even if you get the good corporate contract, there is a level we need to recognize that there could be a loss of respect, right? When with anybody, if you continue to curtail and to give everybody what they want, they want more and more. And so if you even think about that narcissism spectrum, that's where people can mold and change. So if I become more like Echo and you dictate my life, you actually are going to get more and more destructive sort of in that pattern as we relate to each other. So it's important to stand your ground. And I think separate the people from the problems, right? If it's a people problem, it's the perception, it's there's emotion and there's communication. And it's coming back to, okay, what's the real problem here? And when you're dealing with somebody who tends to be high conflict or it's frustrating for you sitting back and saying, um, you know, okay, so I hear you say this, right? Mirror what they're saying and say, okay, so what do you propose we do moving forward? What's your proposal? And if you keep getting back, you know, whether it's emotionally charged or, um, you know, not clear communication, you just com completely revert back to making them accountable for solving the problem or the issue that they themselves are having difficulty owning and solving that lays on their feet. So that would be sort of two, two things or a couple of nuggets there of, um, you know, thoughts I, I would say to have and um, always making sure that you're protecting yourself and your business um, when negotiating with these corporate contracts. They need you and they want you. Small, medium-sized, women-owned, minority-owned businesses, we are the ones that bring a level of diversity and a level of new thinking and ideas to the table that it's been proven will 10x these, this company's growth and ability in the marketplace than if they just hired the same old types of people, you know, in the same old places. And so going in and reminding yourself, they need me more. Tell yourself that more than I need them. And I know that I'm worthy and capable of this. And, and so I'm going to present myself. That's yeah, not that narcissism. Confidence. Yeah, that's a healthy narcissism. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me ask you this. If you are not self-aware about uh, narcissistic behavior, what might be some of the signs that it is holding you back when you uh, approach a corporation? You, you mentioned if you find when you're talking to a client or a customer that most of the conversations tend to be confrontational or, or, or conflict driven. Is that one of the, the signs that th th there, there might be some behavioral modification <laughs> that could be beneficial here? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's making me think of some instances where you get a frantic call or you get a, you know, I need you to do this now. I need, you know, some customer or, you know, this, this is creating issues for me and more work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Where, you know, you get this sense of over responsibility for somebody else's problems again. Right. We'll loop back to that as when, you, you know, take a step back and take a deep breath what is my responsibility in this engagement and what is theirs? And I think the first step to do is to never assume and make them break down the situation. Okay. So you're telling me this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You're, you're asking me to do this. How are you thinking I will do that? How, you know, really just as much as you can open-ended questions to really understand what they're asking you for. Um, in the first place, right? And sometimes it can solve itself. And sometimes you'll be able to further see and articulate in that moment, 
Um, that's not something that I can deliver, but I can do this. Or you can say, thank you for all this feedback. I'm going to take this to uh, my team or I'm going to, you know, uh, let me think about this. I'll get back to you. So then that gives you an opportunity to really look at, okay, I've got all the facts and now I can make an informed decision rather than, you know, somebody coming at you, you know, you got to do this now. I need you to, right. And, and then creating this sense of anxiety and urgency where it's not in your best interest to hastily, um, you know, act on something um, for yourself and for your business. Oh, I love that. I love that. That that's that that's a gym. <laughs> Jess is dropping gems and nuggets. <laughs> and, and just uh, to make sure I'm, I'm uh, we we cover both bookends. So as a leader, mm-hmm. uh, similar idea. Um, I, I think you've really given a really a excellent understanding to us to see how others react. And it may be just a simple tying of the bow to talk specifically about how your employees act, what kind of culture you're creating, what does it look like in the workplace? But I want you to go ahead and just put a bow around that one, because I think you've talked about it a lot. But let's let's just go ahead and summarize it, because I set it up. We were going to have two two different compartments here. So let's let, let's uh, go ahead and close out the, the employee or yeah. as a leader compartment. And I love that quote, right? Reminds me of that quote that like, you don't hire smart, I think it was Steve Jobs, hire smart people to tell them what to do. You hire smart people to tell you what to do. And I think that that's a real true um, aspect of a true leader is somebody who's a coach, who is an excellent listener, an active listener, and who acknowledges the individual for their personality, their goals, and you know the, even their personal life, right? And what they're trying to achieving and all that they do. And I think at the end of the day, um, if you put that first, you, you serve first and you serve your employees, you're gonna see marvelous things. Um, I was on a, another clubhouse, you know, we're obsessed with that um, a, a little bit earlier today. And we were talking about that concept and I gave a story of um, an individual who had worked for me who was really good at the front engine, you know, cold calling sales. I mean, that's like the hardest job of the planet. Like he was an amazing people person. He was really good at that. He really did not like the back end, you know, the financial planning and all that to it. And in it, I was able to see that because I was open to getting into his shoes and helping him navigate and not telling him what to do, but being a coach and helping him navigate what was underneath the surface for him. And what we ended up doing was he really wanted to be focusing on that front engine. So I put together uh, with my boss, which I presented to our president and CEO to create this inside sales function. And I will say it's one of the things I will go to my grave with that I'm most proud of is that I was able to be there um, with a direct report and to recognize what they wanted and where they wanted to go and then help them to get that. And he's still in that position today. And I left several years ago. So um, when you serve those, you know, and, and you coach, right. And you're there to help them navigate, not tell them what to do. You'll be amazed at how your heart just beams and, um, your connection, right. To, to deeper and bigger and, and better things, um, in, in life. So. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, it's, um, for, 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 uh, our listeners benefits, um, you know, Jess and I decided that there were a whole host of areas that we can collaborate, but we wanted to be very specific about um, where we were different and where we overlapped. And one of the things that we identified 
is that Jess is more in the consulting coaching space and she can train, whereas I'm more in the um, um, coaching training space and I prefer not consult. (laughs) And, you know, when I think about the point that you just made about hiring people to tell you, smarter than you to tell you what to do, it begs the question around whether or not as a business owner, uh, when you understand the narcissism spectrum, are you coachable? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) And Jess and I will admit to our own uh, challenges and opportunities in this area because we have a breadth of experience. So finding someone who tunes into what it is we're trying to do and uh, can provide us the expertise that we lack, uh, uh, fill us out in all the other areas that we lack is huge. We encourage you to get support uh, where you can because there is somebody out there that can help you because we highly recommend that if you are a business owner, you should have a business coach. Mm-hmm. Anyone that tells me that uh, they have their own business, but they don't have a business coach is somebody that I can show you that is determined to beat their head against the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, you're out there saying, I can't learn anything from anybody. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So uh, we, we got a couple of minutes before we wrap up, Jess. Um, uh, so I got two, two, two tasks for you. The first is, are there any additional nuggets or suggestions that you, you, you want to drop on folks? And then the second one is, how do people actually get in touch with you? Yes, wonderful. Um, you know, I just will second what you said is having the right support and especially a business coach um, in that realm or a consultant or whatever to give you and help you. And um, also thinking about building your team with the types of people that you you need and that you, you, you know that you're not as strong as, you're not in your flow or in your zone of genius, um, quoting, you know, the Big Leap book. Um, and, and offloading that if you can, and really being strategic of, I'm really good at this and I'm in my flow when I do this, but I really struggle at this. And I really need to be able to trust myself. I'm going to make the right partnerships or the right hires, um, in order to do that. So that I'm really, I'm, you know, I'm 10 Xing, right. What I can give to this world by focusing where I can provide the most impact. So that would be my, my last nugget. Um, and I would love to to hear from anybody if you'd like to talk more about, um, you know, scaling your sales and your growth strategies or dealing with, you know, high conflict or difficult people or, you know, whether that's um, within your organization or that's, you know, negotiating and navigating with a client. I'd love to hear from you. Um, you just go to my website. Um, you know, you can you'll see on every page, click here to schedule, you know, your 30 minute consultation um, in my website. I know, Randall, you're going to put in the notes, but it's jessicalewiscoaching.com. I love it. I love it. I love it. I will most certainly put that link in the uh, notes for this episode. And um, everyone, I want you to listen carefully to the opportunity that Jess gave you. We, we didn't even scratch the surface on her skill sets and talents and gifts being the blessing that she is because she does come at this from um, a a servant perspective, uh, which means 
she is open to be a willing vessel to bless whomever is open to receiving. Yes, <laughs> so, amen. <laughs> so so um, I'm going to encourage you to uh, go to her website and uh, set up a session with her and just you know, take advantage of this amazing opportunity. Uh, that being said, Jess, you're amazing. Thank, Thank you, Randall. For being so are you. On. <laughs> this was a fantastic session. I appreciate you so much. You too. You know I do. <laughs> I, I got a lot out of this, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure our listeners did as well. So um, we're gonna ask you if uh, you found a lot of value in this. By all means, uh, comment. Uh, share this podcast with your with your uh, friends and fellow business owners or anyone in general. We we talked about narcissism in the workplace, but I think you can begin to see how uh, it affects so many different parts of your life. If we'll go back to the issue of <clears throat> being the man looking in the mirror, seeing the reflection of himself, or looking and seeing um, how broken and incomplete you are, and understanding how to marry those two. That becomes huge, or uh, as we said, being your authentic self, being versus being the best version of yourself. Mm. Um, you, you know, you've got a lot of opportunity for discovery, which directly impacts your business, your customers, your employees, the 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 purposes and missions and things you want to serve. It has a direct reflection on that, and. Coming out of this pandemic, when psychologically, whether we admit it or not, uh, we all have some room to grow, to reestablish our empathy and compassion for others. This cyber world has created some 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 bad behaviors that we're going to have to quickly unlearn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to have to get back to understanding what makes us a connected community. And uh, unhealthy narcissism does not contribute to a connected community. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> to be overt about it, it is destructive yeah. <laughs> to a connect, healthy, connected community. So I just want you to um, make sure you share this, reach out to Jess, comment, let us know your thoughts. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, Jess, thank you so much. You. This is Randall Dobbins with the uh, Business uh, Blueprint Pros, the uh, Business Partner Blueprint Podcast thanking you for enjoying us for this session. Uh, Stay tuned to this channel. We got more good stuff coming throughout the year. Uh, Drop us a note or leave us a voice message on the the site here. Uh, If you're on the blueprintpros.com website and uh, leave us a message. If you're on Spotify or CastBox or any of our other seven channels, then I leave a comment and we'll get back with you and uh, get your ideas on more episodes that we can bring to you. This is uh, Randall and Jess signing off. Thank you, and we'll see you on the other side. 